0: All right, let's get rolling. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> you're doing the question. No, I already <laughs> forgot it. How's that YouTube?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was long we had it out on the podcast, you, but you guys are privy to it. <laughs> <laughs> what is? Don't this? Don't
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even funny. Uh, we waited too long to record. Okay. <sighs> How do I make my relationship work? We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, The Once Betrayed.
0: I'm Kobe, The Once Addicted. And I'm Brandon, The Expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade.
1: Okay, here is a review for you. And uh, if you haven't yet, hop over, leave a review, rate us. This helps other people who need this resource to find it? And uh, this is one. It's called "Thank You," and it's from Catholic Mom of Ten. It says, "We are about six years out from D-Day, married twenty-five years, and parenting fourteen children. This free resource has been so helpful for both of us. We are very grateful. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, you are so welcome, and uh, we appreciate the review because uh, sometimes they're a little bit tricky to to uh, to leave, but." Um, we're grateful for it and glad that you guys are enjoying it. And remember, we started this, this resource. Did she say Catholic mom of 10? Correct. But
2: parenting 14. Oh so my gosh. Good
0: for you. <laughs> You're amazing.
1: I oh, know. Yeah. It's a big deal. That's but awesome. again, we started this as a free resource because we, want, we wanted to give and we wanted to just help because we knew what it was like to be in just the dark, hopeless corners of betrayal and addiction. And
0: uh, we're just happy to be here and provide yep. it. Okay, so let's, uh, we're gonna zoom out a little bit. So, you know, w- we talk about something very specific sex addiction, betrayal, usually in the context of relationships. And so, let's zoom out a little bit, and more in a broad sense, we're gonna look at how do you make a relationship work? What are some of the elements of a really healthy relationship? Um, what's some, what are some things that you can learn how to do or learn how to work on so that you can get your relationship back on track, get what you want out of your relationship.
2: Okay. So question for you, starting it out, Brandon, the expert, you don't share our story. Right. And so is this something as a listener, as the expert that you are going to be like, this is something that your relationship could use as well.
0: No, my relationship (laughs) is perfect. My wife just just <laughs> worships the ground I walk on because I'm the expert. <laughs> right? She's she, also never listened to an <laughs> No, she's just a lucky woman, <laughs> yeah, Jenny. Um, <laughs> no, like any relationship, there's ups and there's downs yeah. and there's work. And uh, absolutely, this is stuff that me and my wife... Are going to work on and are working on. So I'm actually really excited to talk about this because a lot of what we're going to talk about are things that that I'm going to have to look at and say, you know, how where am I in in with that, and is it is it really working for me or not? Um, so let's dive right in. Uh, one of the first things, and I talk about this all the time, and it can really trigger um, people who have experienced betrayal trauma. Um, but one of the first things is, is, to, is to practice compassion and, and gratitude. So when we talk about compassion, we're talking about compassion for yourself and we're talking about compassion and gratitude for your partner. Now, that's like mixing oil and water. You, you bring in betrayal trauma and say, let's practice compassion for your partner. It's like, ugh, I don't wanna do that or I'll get hurt. Um, but remember, we're, we're zooming out a little bit and we're just saying in general, in relationships, having compassion for yourself and having compassion for them is a good thing and and is helpful for both of you to move forward and to to learn how to connect with each other. So any thoughts on this, you guys?
2: Yeah, I think um, kind of a reminder for me is, okay, I've been compelled to do this work, but had I not been compelled to do recovery like we have done, there's still going to be parts of our marriage that I would have absolutely needed compassion for myself and for Kobe. And it's little things like, Hey, you said you were going to do this thing. You said you were going to take out the trash and now we missed the trash. Like, mm-hmm. thanks a lot. Of course I could get up his tailpipe about you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Or I could have some compassion and say, you know what? Sometimes I don't do what I say I'm gonna do because something comes up.
0: So to have compassion for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now this is this is a hard one though. Let's say you have a spouse who is lying all the time, cheating on you, gaslighting, manipulating. Um you're supposed to have compassion for them? That's a tough one.
2: Maybe for the roots of why they're doing that. But I'm not sure how you see it right in the thick of it if they don't own and see their stuff. Maybe you can help that's
0: actually a good way to put it, Ashlyn is um, I I I have this kind of uh, altruistic view. I think you can have compassion for anybody at any time. You can have compassion for Hitler. Um, it doesn't mean what Hitler did is okay. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to invite him over for dinner and get really close to him. Um, but you can take a step back and say, "Okay, I can try to understand why he did what he did." Um, and it's when I talk about compassion and having compassion for your partner, even when they're a sex addict who gaslights you and breaks boundaries, I, I don't talk about it so that uh, so that we can, you know, blame the, the partner for the problems. Like, look, if you change your thinking on them, then things would get better. That's not why I do that. I do that to try to set them free. Like what you were just saying, Ashlyn, when you're caught up in that victim, noticing he didn't take the garbage out and you're stuck and you're angry and you're it sets you free to say, okay, hang on, I'm gonna try to let go of some things, have some compassion for him, but still be true to myself as to what's actually going on here, right? And so, um, anyways, we said we were taking a zoom out, now here we are talking about betrayal. <laughs> but I think it's important because as we talk about having compassion for your spouse, it can be really, really difficult to want to have compassion for your spouse when you're in the midst of betrayal trauma. and but but there is a place where you can be in the midst of betrayal trauma, be boundaried, um, know who you are, be protected, and still have compassion for your partner at the same time. So I like it, yep. I like it. Compassion leads to what I believe the most important energy is for a healthy relationship, which is gratitude. And gratitude for your life, gratitude for your partner, um, you have a growth mindset, an acceptance mentality, and you're just grateful, and that sets the stage for um, for, for real deep connection. So, compassion leads to gratitude. And so
2: it's sorry,
0: go you ahead. get to go.
2: I was just gonna say, it's one of those things, Brandon, that you hear over and over and over. Like whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a um, parent or whatever, that bring gratitude into your life. And it's like, yeah, I know, but and the truth is. It's there for a reason. People are saying it for a reason. It actually does change your mindset.
0: No question.
1: Yes. Compassion for sure is going to be one of those things that will probably demand some like a little bit, little bits of focus each day in order to keep compassion front of mind. Is is that a is that if, a fair statement? If
0: you're if you're resonating in resentment and rejection and um, victim mode, victim mode, re- resentment, rejection, victim mode, and, and you're just like there, you're ruminating in it. Um, it does take r- really the work is not forcing yourself out of that. It takes some surrender and letting go. and then it does take a concerted effort to put some time into, into loving, into practicing that compassion. So it doesn't just just happen on its own. You're absolutely okay. right, Kobe. And okay. I'm going to
2: share one little quick thing that um, I did because it is hard, like you said, especially when you're in kind of a Funky place in your relationship to say, I'm going to find gratitude and compassion for my partner. I did start a journal that was just for myself, but it was three things I was thankful for for Kobe that day. So it could be anything. It's he, he woke up and helped with the kids' breakfast or whatever, something directly towards me or towards our children. His beautiful smile. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs>
2: honestly, <laughs> though, like that can change and shift a mood. And so I started writing those things down. And not necessarily to say, hey, look, I'm giving this to you. I wasn't ready for that, maybe, of words of affirmation. But it was just, I'm going to at least start to own it and see it so that I can start to see it more and more.
0: Yes. Love it. I, quick story. I Last week, we were watching my nieces and nephews. So we doubled our children. So we had eight kids um, under the age of 11 at our house including a two-year-old who's still in diapers. And I know Catholic mom of 10 is like rolling <laughs> her eyes saying like, I don't feel sorry for you. Yes. But that's what we had at our house. And, um, and I was trying to get something done with the kids. So I sat them down. Um, we were just gonna have like a little talk, maybe say family prayer at the end of the night. And, uh, and Jenny wasn't like showing up. She was like doing her thing in the other room I was like, hey, can you come join us? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And so it takes her like 20 minutes. And now I'm trying to keep eight kids sitting down like and for 20 minutes. And I'm my level of frustration is just rising and rising. And I'm like, can't you see that I'm trying to do something good for the family? Um, and, you know, like it's, it's hard to, you know, to get these kids to behave. Well, I'm frustrated and... All of a sudden, Jenny disappears. She's gone. And I'm like, oh, now she's ditching me. So now I'm like totally in victim mode. Um, All my stories are going. And um, I then I start thinking, well, where is she? And I get a few of the kids to bed, and I go outside, and Jenny's under like a tree, like crying. And she's sitting there just crying. And it was interesting for me because I immediately went to a totally different place in my heart so my heart was at war with her my heart was resentful and angry and i saw her emotion and it was like whoa there's pain here um there's there's some kind of overwhelm going on some stress and i had to let go of my stuff because i was ready to tell her like you know how unsupportive she's she was being and I just sat there with her and let her cry, and she just needed to cry. She was overwhelmed. And I felt my heart go to a place of compassion in that moment. And what was interesting about it is, she thanked me later that night. She's like, thanks for just sitting with me and letting me like be emotional. And um, But I, I do think it blessed her life, but it really blessed mine, um, that I was able to see her in that way and allow her to have that pain. I got out of all, all of my own crap and all of our, my own stuff that I was stuck in. So um, just an example of how compassion can shift the energy in your relationship and lead you toward connection, so. I love that. it. Sounds like though that when you have, when, the, it sounds like that
1: compassion really facilitated some really great correspondence and communication with the
0: both of you. Absolutely. I mean, which, is, that,
1: is that a fair statement?
0: No question. It, it, it actually opened up the possibility for vulnerable emotional connection and communication. Okay, So that tees which, up nicely. Which is the next thing. Um, so the first thing for a healthy relationship is to learn how to be compassionate toward each other. The next thing is to learn how to communicate, learn how to communicate effectively. Um, which
2: if you came into your marriage and you have rad skills as a couple, You deserve a giant award because I don't know anyone who comes in like fully ready to pair with someone who grew up different, has different ideas and who does all the things different. Right. And then you come together and you're like, now we're doing this together.
0: Ninety nine point (laughs) nine percent of people suck at communicating when they get into (laughs) marriage. That's what Ashlyn's saying. And she's (laughs) absolutely right. Um, Because you don't know what you're really getting into until you're in it. And then when you're in it you take what mom and dad have modeled to you and taught you and you think, well, I know how to do this. I'm going to do the, that. You know, I'm going to use these tools. Your partner's taken what their mom and dad taught them. And they're like, well, I'm going to use these tools. And next thing you know, you're in this thing where it's just like, is it like we're going in circles. We're feeling stuck. We're feeling resentful. We're not getting resolution. Um, we're not working through things. We're not getting deeper in our connection. And, um, and that's, oftentimes what happens and that relationship that felt like such a, such a positive asset in your life starts to turn into this frustrating thing that feels like you're beating your head, head against a wall. Well,
2: right? even today, um, one of my women's groups, she that one of the gals shared. I had that moment and what everyone I think has in their relationship at some point where you're like, why am I even married to this person? Like, what yes. are we doing? We're just like, going along. It's not working. We're not communicating. And that's really what it came down to in the end as she started to describe what was happening. There's no communicating happening and just expectations from each other without anything in between. Absolutely. And it's messy and we all do it.
0: Absolutely. And so here's the thing. We're not going to like be able to teach you all of the healthy communication skills there are on this podcast right now. Um, But one thing, let me give you one little pointer and one thing to think about. Healthy communication, um, there's a shift that happens with a couple if they understand one thing. Um, Communication is not about coming to an agreement with each other. Um, Communication is not about figuring out how to see the world um, the same way. Uh, Healthy communication is about learning how to um, value and allow each partner to see the world the way they see it, and not to agree with each other, but to understand yeah. each other. That's the ultimate goal: is to learn how to understand, and then you can learn how to compromise and negotiate from there. So then, there's all kinds of skills to learn how to understand and and to connect. That is not an easy one, and requires practice. Yes.
2: Well, I think you brought it into our relationship by saying the phrase that you say a lot, and you've taught our audience. Say more, <laughs> yeah. and it's allowed me to open up and, and to say more so that he can understand why I'm showing up the way I am or why my expectation is where it's at. Yep, so good job, Kobe. Cool. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna bomb you with some, some therapy buzzwords, kay? okay? And these are things I'm gonna say, but then we're not gonna really explain what they are. Oh, awesome. So <laughs> if you wanna go research what they are, then go out and do that. But we talk about them all the time. Um, so shame, resiliency. Uh, if you want to be an effective communicator, then you need to practice your own individual shame resiliency. Um, that's, that's like base level. Um, reflective listening. So there's all kinds of reflective listening skills. And... Um, so yeah, go figure those out.
2: And reflective listening. It's funny. Cause I'll listen to a parenting book and all they're teaching you is reflective listening. And I'm totally. like, Oh, I learned this in marriage there, yeah. you know? And so go
0: read love and logic. You'll yes, learn reflective listening.
2: So how we communicate to each other is also how we need to be communicating with others. What not do you know? Just, yes.
0: Yes. Um, so like say more is a reflective listening thing, like say more, like, let me dig deeper. Um, and reflective listening is exactly what it is, is, I'm reflecting. I'm just reflecting back to you what you're getting out, and so I'm allowing you to process because I'm safe. Because I'll just reflect back without judgment and with safety. uh, I'll just be a reflector to you so that you can process. Man,
1: if safety can be fostered, uh, it's it goes a long, long ways in the relationship and uh, can definitely have some really great fruit. No, With,
2: with parenting and with our relationship, right. For yeah. sure. Um, I was having lunch with a new gal I met last week in California, and she was saying, gosh, we keep, my, my partner and I, they don't share our story, um, we keep having these fights, and um, I try to fix things, and he tells me, stop trying to fix me. I'm just venting. And I think this is where communication comes in well to play. And so we've learned, even with our kids, or like with Kobe, sometimes I'll start telling him something, and he starts fixing, or mm-hmm he already has what he's thinking about in his head. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you. I just need you to listen. Yes.
0: <laughs> like yes. little things right. like
2: that, that we've learned to do or asking my kids, do you need me to just listen or do you need any solutions? Yes. And yes. That's excellent. Yeah. Like just little tweaks because if I just need to listen, it's really hard as a parent because they're telling you some crazy stuff sometimes <laughs> that you're like, oh, yes. I need to fix that. But yes. Right. I can yes.
0: listen to. Oh, okay, so this leads us to the next one. So reflective listening and and this is a reflective listening skill. What is validation? So learning how to validate the other person and validate their emotions and and understand that validating them is not agreeing with them or seeing things the exact same way as them, but you you can still validate them. So your kids are a good example. They might be it might be crazy. They might be so upset about a friend did this or that or whatever. and you're able to say, Instead of saying, well, you shouldn't be upset about that, you're able to just say, that makes sense. Um, it's okay that you feel that way. Um, if I were you and I'd experience that, I'd feel the same way. All those things are validating to them. And what you're saying is, I see you mm-hmm. and I care about you and you're important. And that's what we all want in our relationships. Yep.
2: No so, matter what age. Yeah,
0: which le- ultimately leads to empathy, um, which is, uh, you know, I'm being validated Um, my partner's reflectively listening, allowing me to process and validating me. It leads to her feeling what I'm feeling with me. And that's where connection starts to happen. And that's where intimacy intimacy starts to be built in a relationship. So are we talking about sex here, Brandon? (laughs) Actually, if you want a lot more sex in your marriage, then learn how to communicate effectively. There you go. What do you know? (laughs) And I shouldn't say more. If you want higher quality intimacy and um, better sex than learn how to communicate. So,
2: but we're not like really talking about sex there. <laughs> just to be clear, intimacy is so much deeper. And I think for me, that's where I was like kind of blown away, which sounds maybe stupid to a lot of our listeners. But for me, listening to the word intimacy meant let's work on our sex life. When, right, I mean, you are in the, in the end, indirectly, goal, but you're really just working on a lot of these other things. So,
0: so yeah, the third thing is intimacy. And I, I, it does bother me when I talk to people, and they just interchange the word sex and intimacy, like, "Oh yeah, we had intimacy three nights ago, or we have intimacy four times a month." Or, and, and I'm thinking, if you're just you know having sex with each other, if you're just using each other's body, you know, once a, you know every other week, or whatever, then you're having the opposite of intimacy when you're having sex. Um, so sex is not intimacy. However, one of the most intimate things that we can do. Is have sex, Um, and so confusing, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's really confusing. Um, But sexual intimacy is is I believe one of the the greatest forms of human connection and love, and um, when when it's actual intimacy. Um, But it's not the only way that we're intimate in our relationships. Um, Intimacy, if, if we were to really define intimacy, what is it?
2: Well, we do define it in our program, um, Shatter Thriving, we teach different levels and layers of intimacy. So for Kobe and I, just really basic logistical intimacy, like, hey, here's what our week looks like. Here's what our day looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, letting each other into our lives with also expectations of, hey, I need some help here with the kids or with work or yeah, I'm going to be gone for lunch with so-and-so, that stuff um, emotional intimacy, which is a really beautiful one that I probably love the most that I was never, ever good at. Um, the, I was the one that went to therapy and they'd say, what are you feeling after Kobe had his affair and actually was having his affair. Totally. And it was like, I don't know, I'm mad. I really didn't know what I was feeling. I was so numb mm-hmm. and just uneducated in that and so for me emotional intimacy to really dig into this is what I'm feeling and how this is how it makes me feel in good ways and in, in the harder ways mm-hmm. is really connecting for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I there there's all I, I think a, a, a really big cornerstone piece of intimacy, layer of intimacy that, that helped us was intellectual intimacy and being able to consume Books, You know, Brene was, yeah. was like the first, the first real big intellectual effort that we both had simultaneously. And being able to consume that information about shame, about shame resilience, about vulnerability, and have an exchange, an intellectual exchange. That was vulnerable. That totally was vulnerable. But it was, it was being able to see how um, shame existed in me and mm-hmm. in my family of origin, and how some of the, the um, where some of the shame started, and, and Ashlyn would you know, share similar things. That was really, really important for us, because while we were, while there wasn't psychological intimacy, meaning there wasn't trust and safety, we were still able to communicate in an intimate way about how shame, how vulnerability, or the lack thereof showed up for
0: us. Right. I, uh, you know, you know, it's making me think of, uh, I'll do intakes with couples and I'll, I'll say, I'll say, go listen to our podcast. And what I want you to do is take an episode or two episodes a week and listen to it individually, but then come together and talk about how you feel about it. Had we had that. And, and the point, uh, what I'm trying to do is build some intimacy is they're connecting on, on, you know, how that episode made them feel or, you know, so, so I like what you bring up, reading books and then discussing those things. Um, you know, intimacy is is in all facets of our life, um, spiritually, socially, intellectually. Um, but I uh, how I view intimacy is connection on a soul level. it's mm-hmm. a it's a deeper connection than just heady connection. Um, but it's getting down to that level where um you're you're vulnerable with each other you're safe with each other and you feel empowered in that relationship to be and to yeah. be you you're and letting them in you're letting them in yeah. and it, yeah and it feels really good and so you know intimacy is is i think what what we all really desire in our relationships yeah
1: i think intimacy really um revealed which is what the the last um talking point is but it really did reveal for us the purpose that we never had, but, but desperately wanted to. Right. That, that would guide our family and our
0: relationship moving forward, which was having purpose. I, I just think, you know, we're kind of short-sighted sometimes. We think a relationship is about, you know, I got married because my parents were married and we're supposed to have kids, so we just got married and, and uh, that's what you do. So we just do that. right? Right. And then we fight with each other our whole life, and then we die. Um,
2: Sounds so great.
0: Doesn't that sound awesome? (laughs) I want that. (laughs) Sign me up. Um, As opposed to looking at it and saying, what is God creating here? Like, what is the why behind our marriage? Um, There's purpose here. And we create, we have our own individual purposes in our lives, but together we have this purpose. Um, Maybe it's building your family it's having ten kids or whatever it's um it, or maybe it's it's like send spreading a message to the world or whatever it is together as a couple, you bring your own individual talents and abilities, but you connect, you resonate together, and you amplify um amplify it all because you're doing it together yeah right
2: i I almost think okay, listeners, raise your hand, I can't see you, but raise your hand if you were like me and uh, we got married young, but my, it was exactly what you said, Brandon, like, okay, my next step in life is I'm going to get married and then things will work out after that. Like everything will just fall into place. Right. We'll have the kids, we'll finish school, we'll have the jobs, all the things. And we focused more on the, let's get married, let's have a wedding. Mm-hmm. Then we actually focused on what does it look like after that? Completely. Yes. Yeah. Completely. And so, you know, we've kind of had a rough, uh, how does it look like after that? But really, what we're, we're trying to help you guys here today is to see: here's what to do after the yeah. wedding day, and here's what it can be. It can be so much more than maybe what it is right now. Um, I know all of us here are are looking at: okay, we've created a little challenge for relationships, and we're thinking we're going to take it ourselves, even though we created it. Absolutely, it's good for all of us to have that reflection and say: hey, where are we at with things? Where are, in these four areas, are we where we want to be or can we amp it up a little?
0: Right, absolutely. Awesome. I, um, I joke with Jenny, I'm like, man, when I married you, I didn't even know you. I, and I didn't, I didn't know her. It was really fast and really stupid to get married that, that fast. Um, but Jenny and I were doing a retreat in Peru next month together and it's amazing because um, we're creating this thing together, and we're we're help we're helping the world and helping people, and and um, I can definitely say I see purpose together with her, on top of raising our four kids, you know, and so ultimately creating that purpose together is what it's all about. So that's why this what we've created this challenge is so awesome. Um, it's really simple in some ways, yeah. yet so profound in in so many other ways. Um, so, because we, haven't, a lo- we because- haven't
2: really told you guys what we have done, but we have created a challenge. <laughs> no, <for you. laughs> but what we've
0: done is we've we've talked about compassion,
1: communication, intimacy, and purpose, and we've just we've just touched on each of those. But what we realized was this is every relationship, no matter if um, you share our story, the story that Ashley and I have or not, every every relationship needs to have these fundamental pieces in order to make relationships work. And so we've created this challenge that encompasses each of these, and there's a week-long focus with activities specifically for each day about compassion for a That are simple activities. Very, very simple, very basic. But but the best movement that we can have when we need more connection, when we need our relationship to work better, is little, small, measurable things. And that's what we have built with these four uh, topics. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, little baby steps back into maybe where you were or where you want to be um, that are actionable items.
1: Yep, so. and this is really something that a challenge that, that anybody, no matter if you're married, no matter if you're engaged, if you're just in a partnership or if you're dating seriously or if you've just been married or if you've been married 30 years, these topics
0: are things that can literally improve your relationship. I think it's amazing too, like some of the stuff in the challenge that we have. Um, you know, I say it's simple, but if you just stop and get mindful and follow through on some of these simple things, yeah, the drastic shifts that you'll have in your relationship and in your life um, will, will, sh- will shift things completely. So it's yeah. really awesome. I'm really excited about what we've created together and I'm actually really excited to do it with yeah. Jenny. So yeah, <laughs> yeah be we'll be here.
2: doing it there too. So how can they find this challenge? It's a, is it a, 30 day challenge. What mm-hmm. is it? 30 days. I know. Cause I helped create it, but I also <laughs> forgot,
1: <laughs> but they need to go to guys, go to beyond dash enough.com forward slash relationship. And, and we'll put that link down in the show notes. Yes. As well. And that's where you can find all the information about this, about this challenge. Um, Again, we want to make sure that it's sustainable each day. So it's just it, it's not much each day. But over the course of 30 days, you're going to see how your relationship can evolve and change and improve. And
0: I do want to say this. it is priced at a price point where pretty much anybody can do it. Yeah. So it's really affordable. So no
2: matter where you're at.
0: Guys, thanks for being here. We appreciate
1: you listening. We appreciate you watching if you're on YouTube and um, just know that you sharing this episode can help somebody Again, no matter what story that they have, if they're in a relationship, um, it can improve. So glad you're here. See you guys. Bye-bye.